Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast where we are shooting the shit about every episode of the original show, the two movies, and now we have the next chapter. And just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am feeling emotional. Oh, okay. Why? You know, we're done. We've we've yeah, done it. Yeah, we did it. And just like we did that. It. And, you know, you and I, while we were chatting before we hit record, were disagreeing about a season two. I think it's going to happen, but there's been no official, official announcement. I think it's going to happen. And we'll chat about whether or not it should happen at the end. But I hope it does. <laughs> I Yeah, no, I am a fr- I want it to happen. I'm ready for a season two. And I just feel like Sarah Jessica Parker and Michael Patrick King, it's just so interesting to speak more globally about it that... I think people think about this show and the journey we've been on these lo- low these 10 weeks mm-hmm. as like it was like a corporate decision. Like, oh my God, we were forced into and just like that. It seems like Michael Patrick King had to beg HBO to let them do this, come up with an idea, convince them all. And one thing I will give this show credit for, we are living in the time of these fucking revivals. They're coming at us left and right, these revivals, these reboots. Yeah, we got the Fresh Prince one coming, like... Fucking The Nanny is coming back with Cardi B and a Broadway musical. What? I read about it. It might have been rumors, but it's, it's <laughs> oh definitely God. a Broadway musical. It's coming. It's like, we're just in it. We're fucking in it. We're in it. 
And there is an easy way to have rebooted Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. And then just like that is not that. They took some bold swings. And that should be applauded. Yeah, and sometimes they hit a home run. And sometimes they they struck out. I think it is a good thing to attempt bold new storytelling. And that's really what we want. Regardless of whether you liked it, hated it, fell somewhere into the middle. At least they tried something new. I'm... yeah. I know, I completely didn't agree. didn't rest on their laurels. They didn't. And, <sighs> and some would say maybe they should have. Where do you stand with the revival overall, now that we're at the end? I loved it. I had more fun. But I also recognize that I am the kind of personality type that because we were doing this podcast and we're responsible to talking about it, my brain can trick myself into liking it because I would just refuse to hate something that I had to dedicate this much time to. Yeah. So I don't think I'm as objective as the imagined person of myself who would have just watched these episodes in isolation and not spoken about them for upwards of like 15 hours. Right. (laughs) I feel very conflicted. Like there's so much about it that I really, really loved. And then there's parts of it that I've just like it really, really did not enjoy. And it's like, I don't put that on the women at all. Like, I don't think it was anything, you know, that they really... I think we can all agree that across the board, the acting is great. Right. But the writing, to me, was just... They took some... They made some choices in that writer's room. They made some choices. And it's like, I don't think if we're getting a season two that those writers should be coming back. I think they should. And also, to go back to what you said before about there being things you love and things you hated... Mm-hmm. I would say that I feel that way about the original show. The original show is not as good as we all remember it is. We're remembering season four. It was just something so different. It was just a different thing. But it was that was when we were comfy cozy. We were in our 30s. We're yeah, Life we're is hard in, in your 50s in Manhattan. I guess. Fucking, they're going I, through you know, it. I, but I think people wanted something a little bit maybe not so heavy all like it didn't i think there was so much heaviness and it's like i don't think people wanted that from these women i think they wanted something maybe just like big's death and like that could have been the major thing i don't think but then again if they didn't you know do certain things like they probably would have gotten shit for that too so it's like they're kind of in a you know in a difficult position yeah that's what i'm saying i think ultimately right if the show had come back I have every faith that Michael Patrick King, if he wanted to, could have written Sex and the City as it was written 20 years ago. Light, frothy, the cotton candy. I mean, he gave us that the second movie. Now, I'd argue that's too much cotton candy and no heart. Yeah. The first movie is effectively just a long season of the original show. Mm -hmm. This is something different. I defend to the death their choice to change the title. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think that that... I think if they would have come back and called it Sex in the City and gave us this, people would be really upset. But they changed the name because they wanted to remind everybody, like, this is a different show. These are, it's going to be, it's a different world. But at the end of the day, I just don't think I'm, a, and by the way, this is the most watched show on HBO Max. And one thing I always try to remind myself and others is that Twitter and the internet is not the real world. There no. are people silently watching this show, enjoying it and going about their day. Yeah. It's easy to think that the negative press is everyone's is reaction to it. And that's and just it's not, not true. 
And I learned that being in like the housewives, Bravo, social media world is like when I've talked to people who aren't and hear their opinions, I'm like, wow, your brain hasn't been like rotted rotted from the internet. That's so nice. Like, what's that like? But yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. I was very happy with and just like that. I've really enjoyed our conversations about it. I've enjoyed hearing from the people who listen, their thoughts on it, be they hating it. By the way, I've heard overwhelmingly from a lot of people, or at least those who feel passionately enough to write in, how much this show has moved them and reminds them of their progression in their lives, right? That they felt very comfortable with the women in their 30s. And as 50-year-olds, people who've grown at the same age as the women we're watching feel like I'm fucking in it too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's that's nice. It's okay, but I think people just don't like change ultimately. We're not comfortable with that. And we certainly are comfortable with women getting older. Yes. I think as a society, people need to get the fuck over that women get older. It's just, I don't know. I just think I think on certain aspects it was just really I don't know. I'll just never forgive them for saying don't be such an out of towner. I'll just never forgive them. But here's the thing. That's iconic. Is there? You're still thinking about it, like it's not iconic. It's literally made me cringe. I was like, "Oh, the stop!" It, well, because to me, cringy. It's to me a, a lot of it, uh, and we'll get into the episode. You and I will be screaming, "Don't be such an out of towner at each other for the rest of our lives." Probably, we'll be saying that. We'll be saying as Demi uh, when Lovato you come to visit. Say, when you come to visit, I'll be saying that to you. Yeah, I'll be like, can we go for another beer? Don't be such an out-of-towner. Yeah. It's like, um, it's these are, <laughs> we've, yes, this show has made some wild things. We'll be saying I'm craving me some Che. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody, you go into a comedy show, you're going to a comedy concert now, honey. Like, things have come oh, yeah. from this like, show. Things have changed. Potheads around the world are now saying they do some weed. Like people, right. like because it's funny. It's changed it's, the so cultural lexicon. Saying. The language is not the same. There was pre and right. just like that, and the world post it. We've got new language, new outfits to wear. Everyone's going to be doing hat work. A lot of bags. Lots of bags. <laughs> Lots of crossbody bags. I'll be buying all silk clothing now, like SEMA. It's like the world is different. We've had a seismic shift, and you'll always remember where you were when you first heard "Don't be such an out of towner." And I'll always remember where I was when I heard, and I was craving me some chai. Well, when Carrie pissed the bed, I mean, we've seen some, we've been through stuff. We've lived, we've really lived. Now that you're describing this, Chris, like, <laughs> we've really been through it these last 10 weeks. And I honestly love it or hate it. And yes, there have been some moments that I've been like, what is happening? What other show has given us what this show gave us? I can't name it. Last any. season of Insecure didn't. <gasps> Chris. Sorry. (laughs) Didn't get it from the last season of Succession. I mean, okay, how many iconic lines have we just listed from and just like that? There's only one iconic line from the last season of Succession. Are you a sicko? And it was, are you a sicko? (laughs) (laughs) I say it all the time. But now we just have so many things. And you know what? I think we, oh, before we get into it, actually, can I give everyone a suggestion? I'm reading a new book. It's called Didn't We Almost Have It All? It's a collection of essays about... Whitney Houston, kind of attempting to recontextualize her and look at her through her successes rather than her tragedies and rewriting the narrative about her. I want to grab it. The author's name is Garrick Kennedy. It's got a foreword by Brandy. Look at that cover. Isn't that beautiful? Stunning. Stunning. I think everyone should pick it up. I'm about halfway through. 
Do you have any book suggestions? Love- do you think I read? You read a lot of tweets. I do read a lot of tweets. Um, no, I am reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, actually. And it's oh, that's really, a great really good. Book. Yeah. I, I, it's like all over Instagram. And it's I was so like, fun. I have to read that. <laughs> Did you of buy course, it from an you know, Instagram I will app? Always, no, I didn't. But you guys, you always, I mean, I'll always say you have to read What Remains by Karen Radzel. <laughs> it's my favorite book. Should we get into it? Oh the final episode of In Just yeah. Like That season one. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's get into Charlotte, who, in my opinion, has really carried this show on her back. I know a few people agree. A lot of people don't like her this iteration. I think she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you who I don't care for and who's cruised past Brady as my least favorite child is Rock. Oh. I have written no less than five times Rock is a oh. little asshole. <laughs> Chris? I hate this kid. I hate this child. I hate this kid. I hate this child. I hate this child. And I've hated this child since Lily's piano recital. Like <laughs> Episode one? This child, yes. Yes. This child is a fucking asshole. This child is a brat. Yeah. Absolutely. This child is entitled. This child is like, you, you have the best parents. Who do their best. And we should okay. be clear, this has nothing to do with Rock's gender identity. Literally they nothing. They are just an asshole. An asshole. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying it. You're a fucking brat. And I'm so sick of them. I'm like livid. Because if my mother ever came home and said, I bought you an Oscar de la Renta dress, and I complained. You would at least just be thankful. Don't wear it. But just be kind. Just be like, mom, I'm just like, I, that's not who I I'm am. I'm not really a dress I'm not girly. wearing that. You're right. Not feeling like a girly at all. So Not right. But to be dress, so ungrateful. Be what so a, I just, I kept, I have it oh, truly written so here multiple ungrateful. times. A little asshole. Ungrateful little brat. Truly. But Charlotte is preparing for the they mitzvah. And they're having mm-hmm. trouble finding a rabbi. And by the way, they're being defensive. They think their yes. instinct is, is that the rabbis are declining them because Rock is gender non-binary. Mm-hmm. So she's found the one trans rabbi who went by the name Jen and who we should say is an icon. I, I wrote down, I'm like, why hasn't this person been in every episode? I'm obsessed with this person. I want to follow Jen. She's amazing. Amazing. Like, made me laugh. Like, when she it kind of brought them. me back to, like, oh, when she strolled in the kitchen and loved the sourdough challah bread, I was like, I love this person. And was just like, this kid's a He's fucking crazy. asshole. <laughs> she doesn't know yeah, shit. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like, this child doesn't know anything. <laughs> like, what is going on? No, I will say one thing I really appreciated was the scene between Anthony and Rock. I love that Anthony, this kind of Uncle Anthony we've gotten to see, Mm -hmm. we saw earlier in this series when Charlotte goes to Anthony to even when she needs to begin having the conversations about Rock's identity. And that they're kind of like, oh my God, how could this happen? What are we going to do? And Anthony's like, I'm just going to go in there and tell this little asshole to get their shit together. Pause the video game and get to work. And I appreciate that Charlotte's parenting style in a way that I wouldn't have expected is more community-centered, that Lily has Carrie to go to, Rock has Anthony, that Charlotte has created a real community for her kids in a way that you would have expected the traditional Charlotte to be a kind of top-down parent. Mm -hmm. I think Charlotte's, I mean, obviously I love her, but 
Love. I love Charlotte. I I think Charlotte really, I mean, you said it, and we've said it a million times, that Charlotte carried this fucking revival on her back. Kristen Davis must Um, be exhausted. Exhausted. Because also, we have to remember, she's the person who's, like, getting the comedy and, like, doing wild things. She's, she bled I her pants. I got you a coffee. I got you a coffee. They got to go yeah. play. T- she, the, the, she's fucking on a tennis court. She's got lines, like, as Demi Lovato would say. I mean, this woman. She's blowing her husband. Like. Prosthetic dicks she's, falling out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, she's doing the most. And she's also doing it while looking amazing. She looks amazing. She was wearing a orange polka dot top at one point i've never seen something so beautiful well I, until we gorgeous. saw ltw at the they <gasps> oh, met's fun i i honestly had to pause the screen i was like this is the most beautiful woman i've ever seen each time she's ever, on screen ever seen ever. she's so stunning i mean i still think about her showing up to the painting of the women's shelter or center mm-hmm. in that outfit that had 42 pockets all filled with a hairbrush and a scissor and uh it's like they were it was a moschino top it was a moschino ch- top dress outfit <laughs> we got to get yeah. somebody on here who knows what they're talking about <laughs> yeah we are we are having a bonus episode coming up unclear on the dates unclear on the guest yeah but we will, but we will. we're going to have someone who's very like knowledgeable we will be in the getting fashion someone world here to tell us just what's what in terms of clothing cuz as i just said right. i was like is it a top was it a dress yeah. Was it a was it a koozie? What was that? <laughs> what did you think of the they mitzvah for a ten thirty? We've got a coffee bar. We've got a candy bar. Loved. I would have been thrilled as a child. And I love the LTWs. Like really, a candy bar at ten thirty a.m. And she's like, "I we went insane weeks ago. Like I have I've lost my mind." Yeah. Charlotte says she's like, "There's Swedish fish over there." Go but get what some. I love is it. And it, at first, I was like, "Okay, they're really laying this over thick." The like klezmer music that's playing in the background of every scene. <laughs> I loved it though. Once I realized that, I bet that music is diegetic in the sense that it's happening in the scene because Charlotte yeah. is still like, "I converted to Judaism, so I've really got to prove my point and get a lot oh, going yeah. in here." She's like, I had to convert to Ju- – she didn't have to, but so she converted to Judaism. And so I think she's, like, so proud. And, I mean, the scene with her, Harry, and Rock – When they're trying to, like, negotiate. I was laughing so hard because they were giving a fucking performance, Harry and Charlotte. Now, Rock, not so much. Harry, I have written down here, a comedy king. King. Evan Goldberg, he's not afraid to throw in a prosthetic dick, do jokes. Oh. Remember when he was screaming at that dinner about <laughs> Michelle Obama? It's like, he, yes. these, two are, these two are like Lucy and Ethel. When they were so upset that Rock, when they thought that Rock meant that they didn't feel like they were a New Yorker, they were like, what? <laughs> like, they were so upset. And I was laughing. I was too. That was so good. But again, in terms of being a little asshole... Rock, Rock. W- just do it. Like I, it's like your parents have done so much for you, and it's like they made sure to like get a rabbi that was you know understanding and identity. like inclusive, right? And it's like, and this is how you fucking talk to them. Lily would never. Okay, this was Rock was giving us a little Brady. Rock oh. was looking a little Brady like. And I only want to talk about myself in this, but I think you and I were probably raised in the same way. Certainly, we both grew up without money, really. Like, we weren't wealthy. Right. No. And I was just not raised in a household that was that I participated in. It wasn't like my opinion was asked of me as a child. If a party had been thrown for me, I could not then say, 
oh, I don't want to attend or I'm not. <laughs> so I think for me, it's also like just generationally looking at kids now. I'm like, whoa, that would not have flown how I was raised. Like, No, it really made me feel older. Which is nice, I think, for kids today. But I'm like, <sighs> I mean, the way I was it? raised is I, my like, ass would have been dragged l- like our reviewers. My mom is Miss Boo. I don't think that that's like an okay thing. I think you should feel grateful and happy that there's people in your life that love you and they're celebrating you and they took the time and the money to put something on for you. But I think like free range parenting, no, allowing your kids that. to have voices, you have, I didn't have that. No, but you can allow your kid to have a voice. Absolutely. But I think that there's also a fine line where you're raising a fucking entitled asshole and the world is not going to care about your feelings all the time. So buckle the fuck up, go to the party that your parents spent lots of time and money on. It might not be the party you would want, but your parents did this for you and it's really fucking nice. And there's tons of kids out in the world that would fucking kill for their parents to do that for them. I just think it's rude. I do understand Rock's point of... I don't want to ascribe myself to Judaism because I don't believe in it, right? Like, we do have to remember Mm -hmm. that it's more than a party. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, just do it and then don't ascribe yourself to it. Right. (laughs) Like, that's what I don't get. Like, just do it. I mean, God blessed kids today just, like, doing whatever they want. But it would not have flown in my household. (laughs) I would have been truly dragged up on that stage. I don't think kids should be able to do whatever they want. I they that's, That's how the cookie crumbles, baby. Yeah, but I think, like, you can... But they should be respectful. Yes, and Rock was not respectful. No, they were not. Like, pouting, being a little brat. I was like, what the fuck? And so Charlotte had to go up there, do her damn thing. The family went up, and the, like, hesitation, I was like, Rock, you better get your fucking ass up there I do really appreciate the scene between Charlotte and LTW. I love that it's LTW she goes to. Just give me a call. Lisa. Charlotte, what's wrong? Rock is refusing to do it. And Harry says it's over. I've failed as a mom. And I've failed as a Jew. Listen to me. Every mother in this room feels like a failure at least once a day. But no one tries harder than you. I have watched you take care of every single person in your world every single day. So let's forget about everyone else for a change. Okay? What do you want? And I think it's so nice for Charlotte to hear, you're so great at taking care of other people. You need to actualize your own self-care and demand what you want and do what you need. And that was for this party to not be a failure. No, that manifested itself. And this is, again, Charlotte's a great mom. Like, Rock... She is a great mom. ...does not deserve a parent's <laughs> Charlotte. So <laughs> Tara is fucking asshole. No, and I, wa- I want, like, a scene with Lily being like, Rock, like... You know, mom and dad Lil- do a lot for You think for they us. hang out? Lily's not hanging out with that asshole. No, but I mean, they do share a room. So, I mean, they probably could be like, listen. Lily's counting down the fucking days till she can get out of that household away from Rock. Yeah, Rock is just not. I've never liked Rock. Lily's going to emancipate herself, not from Charlotte and Harry, but from Rock. Like, I don't claim this person as my no. sister anymore. And I, I would totally be an Anthony in this situation and be like, you're going to fucking learn this. Now, like, what did you think of Anthony rolling in with two types of challah? Screamed. Loved it. And I would love Giggled. some sourdough holla. 
the the visual of the men in the short shorts with carrying the challah bread around this vaymitzvah had me dying. I was like, this is so funny to me. Like, I I loved I loved it. We have to talk again about just the wild things we've seen, and just yeah. like that included. Anthony, a former wedding planner, opening a bread shop in which men strolled around in denim onesies. <laughs> yeah. And we With all working went, boots. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> We're like, yeah. Yep, we that, just took we, it. I saw we just that. Took it. That did happen. It's like, yeah. we, you know, we have to question what our eyes beheld when you think about it we just like that. We also have to remember, uh, okay, something just came to me, and I can't believe that this happened in this season because it just feels like a million years ago. But Carrie got her, like, hip replaced or something. Yeah, remember by that, that, that hot season. doctor we loved. <laughs> I know, but, like, that happened this se- Like, my mind is just blown right now because I kind of forgot. If you asked me, honestly, I would be like, and just like that's been on for four years, right? Like, just, yeah. the, ten, just the ten episodes we saw. I know. I'm like, I don't know if it's because they're 40-minute long episodes now or what, but, like, it just feels like that happened because then it made me think like, oh, yeah, the hot bread guy carried Carrie up the stairs after her surgery. Remember she was high. hopped up on pills and. Yeah. I mean, wild stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about where we're leaving Charlotte at the end of season one of and Just Like That? I'm very happy with what we saw from Sharshar. Yeah. I liked where we landed with her and her, and her family. And I love where we landed with LTW. She's like this amazing force in our lives and yeah, a woman that of I just action. Want more of. I just want more. I want more of her. Yeah. That's that's my note if we're getting a season two. I want more. More LTW. And just to see her role in looking like that in that ha- doing that hat work with that wonderful eyeshadow. She looked God, amazing. She's so stunning. She looks stunning. Now, Miranda is meeting Che's family. We go into a nightclub. So so instantly, like, what the fuck's... I was like, Miranda, I was like, well, what's happening? I know, she was like, I thought we were meeting your family. And she was like, yeah, we, you are. You're meeting them in a club. Che gets on stage, and they sing. Hello, friends and fam. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to subject you to my stand-up. It's much worse. <laughs> Hit it! And bartender... Hit me with your best shot, would you? I got you, Jay. Yeah. And we need to pour one out for Liza Minnelli, who I feel we've all collectively dragged for performing single ladies. Yeah. <laughs> In- she movie. gives the, the best movie. musical performance of the three we've seen in the Sex and the City cinematic universe. Yeah. Che's coming I in mean, second. I mean, the actor has an amazing, Che has an amazing voice. I did think, and if you've seen Grey's Anatomy, the musical, or, you know, listen to the Spamalot soundtrack. I hated that episode. I love that episode. It's to, Every, well, So many people do. Sarah has such an amazing voice. I didn't, I don't know that, you know, California Girls by the Beach Boys is the best vehicle for that voice. I'm also not sure, like, is that the best, is that the song Che relates to most about the state of California? I could have flashed California Girls by Katy Perry, California by Joni Mitchell. It's like, we could have landed somewhere else. Anywhere else. We could have landed in not doing it. You know what? I would have much rather that. 
And I felt they trolled the audience so hard when Che got up on stage and said something along the lines of like, no, I'm not doing my comedy. It's not going to be that bad. It's like, how did they know? I know. I, I was like, did they do this on purpose? Like, did they know that we would think that this was horrible? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is Miranda, I hate her. <laughs> I'm I'm disgusted with Miranda. I was laughing so hard at Cynthia Nixon's reaction. Oh, well, she was like, what's going on? <laughs> I actually felt in this scene, it was the most Miranda we've ever seen Miranda and then just like that. She was giving that embarrassed, awkward, that kind of the same face she gives when Steve thinks he's going to win that basketball championship of like, oh, my God, an insane person (laughs) is in front of me. Yeah. But we find Che is going to California to work on a pilot, hang out with Tony Danza, and they want Mm -hmm. Miranda to come. By the way, the show has not been picked up. They're just... They're testing. only going for a pilot. Yes, you got to make a pilot right. before they pick it up, baby. This isn't going direct right, to order like and just like I that. I think that that, no, but I think that that should be kept in the back of our minds Absolutely. when we get to the other stuff. Yeah. Were you surprised Che asks Miranda to go and that even though they said they aren't interested in tradition, it seems they're fine with being quite traditional? Yes, because like you said, I felt like the traditional thing, it's like maybe Che is more traditional than they think they are. I don't know, but I am very disappointed in Miranda. We'll get to her choice in a bit, but I <laughs> this scene was wild. Because Che it. also calls themselves a narcissist. I'm like, this is just like writing yep. memes for the internet to not like this character. It's also like red flags. I'm like, anyone that calls himself a narcissist, like what? But I think we have to consider the theory. Mm-hmm. That the writers are writing Che to be awful. Okay. Yeah. Che is like a Mr. Big type. Because like, I know many, well, I was going to say I know many comedians. I do not know any comedians. I know many like people who consider themselves comedians and are doing like a lot of You know Danny Pellegrino? He's a comedian. Well, he's something that Che is not, which is actually funny. Right. Che's not funny. But I know many comedians who like really think they're something and are doing improv. It's like, let's. Guys, let's live in reality. Yeah, like, let's maybe go a different route. Che is an accurate representation of many people I know who consider themselves funny and into acting and improv. Like, yeah, Che's a loser. <laughs> but I think that's okay. I don't... No, I know. It's just the way you said it. Like, Che is a, che is a loser. And that's okay. I don't know why everyone's... I think Sada is giving a great performance as this great performance. Awful I don't comedian. think Che needs to be um now, did I think Che had moments where they were really hot and sexy and getting Absolutely. steamy? Absolutely. Lest we forget when she um what's that called again? Blue smoke in her mouth? Remember that? Oh yeah, the suck and blow or the blow suck or yeah. the No, suck and blow, isn't that that game with that card they play in Yeah, Clueless? Yeah, so never mind. Shotgun it. Hot boxing? No, shotgun. Shotgun. Guys, we Guys, don't do weed. I don't know. We don't. We don't do weed. But we do go to comedy um, concerts. We do. I don't know. Like Che, I think you hit it like the nail on the head. Like Che isn't a good person. Che might be a good person, but isn't a good partner. I don't. Th- I think Che might be a good person, not a good partner. 
Also, who tells someone you're moving across the country possibly forever at like a big party? It's like, this is crazy. I would flip the fuck out. I would be, I would be like, what? If I was their, if I was their grandparents, I would be quite upset. And also, I love that they were like playing the grandparents like they were like old and confused. I was like, I think both of the grandparents look younger than Miranda. No, I think that that was the mom and the grandma. Oh, I was like the woman who's next to who was on to Miranda's yeah. left. I was like, she could, looks younger than Miranda. They don't need to. Yeah, no, that was that was uh, that was the mom. My grandmother looked beautiful, too. I'd love to hang out with her. I would just be so upset if. I was dating someone and in love and they told me during a comedy show slash singing performance that they were moving across comedy the country. concert comedy concert slash cabaret show slash, slash Luann's cabaret um Che and friends I don't know Honestly, I, just, I would, like, I would be really upset I'd be really upset now Miranda then goes and meets with Dr. Nia Wallace so um I've decided to finish up this semester's coursework remotely because I'm going to L.A. for a few months. Oh, wow. That's exciting. What's in L.A.? Che got a big TV thing and they asked me to go with them. And I mean, <laughs> I couldn't pass it up. I'm, I'm excited. What about that internship at Human Rights Watch? I, I, I guess I'm going to have to pull out, you know, for now. Are you sure about that? It's really competitive internship. I wrote you a glowing recommendation. I know, and I'm so grateful. And it, it is taking every ounce of strength to not change my mind. But I'm following my heart here and trying not to second guess myself the way I usually would. I got it. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, selfishly, I'm disappointed. Andre Rashad took the tour. So I'm flying solo for the next bunch of months, and I pencil you and me in for a lot of those nights. Oh. So is it just a tour or? You know, I'm not sure yet. We're just not in the same place emotionally right now. So we decided to see how not being in the same place physically would feel. Mm. It's a good thing. I think we need to feel what we might be throwing away for some baby we never even met. You really are something. Well, remember that when you see the A minus on your midterm. <laughs> <laughs> and I have in all caps, Dr. Nia Wallace looks so stunning. I love her braid. She's a queen. She's breathtakingly beautiful. As we close out the first chapter of the next chapter of Sex and the City and Just Like That, I just want to talk about Karen Pittman's performance and the level of warmth that this woman radiates. Like, you just want to hang with her. She's like a warm chocolate chip cookie. Like she just is like so and like, like fresh from the familiar. oven, gooey. Yeah, gooey, <laughs> gooey. She just like is that in a person, and it's like I love that, and I like that we kind of got a little bit of closure on what's going on with her and Andre. Like I, I liked that, and I like that she kind of when Miranda told her that I'm leaving to go to California to be with Che, she was like, wait a minute. What do you mean? Well, and well, I actually appreciate that her reaction is very different than Carrie's because they're new friends that she says it is okay for you to go. Right. She she mentions the internship, but doesn't push it because she doesn't know Miranda as long. But I love that she also says I was really looking forward to continuing this and us getting to know each other. And I love what she how she talks about 
distance in terms of her marriage with Andre that we aren't emotionally connecting right now. So let's see what being physically apart helps us realize, right? That the idea that perhaps it will teach them that they want to be together or that they are okay apart. It reminds me of the great line from it's actually one of the few moments in season seven of Gilmore Girls I really like when Paris says, sometimes choosing to be apart is choosing to be apart. And I think that that is a good sentiment, right? That people need distance to recognize. If you can be apart from someone and you're okay, that is not a good sign. No. And I just think it was incredibly adult. And I was honestly having the exact same reaction that Miranda was having as she was listening to Dr. Nia Wallace. I was like, you are so impressive. (laughs) So impressive. And that's what I was going to say about what I liked about, not that I think Carrie's approach was like bad at all. With the whole situation, I think it was very real, but I, they have such a new relationship, but they also have a very, like, they respect one another so much. And she's coming from a place of like, when you, you know, say I'm they, are you talking about Dr. Nia Wallace and Miranda? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, they just really respect each other in like a professional way that like Carrie and Miranda, obviously, like, they don't have that kind of relationship. So I think, you know, just. Miranda's not making a good decision. And I think that what makes me so excited about And Just Like That this season has been the way the show has depicted the difference between old and new friendships and what you can get from them and how, of course, valuable history and long-lasting memories with people, your old friends are, and how a shorthand can be there, right? When Carrie and Miranda are at lunch and they can split switch meals quickly. Wonderful. But also the necessity of having new people in your life who can provide new perspectives and understanding and aren't bringing your entire history to every conversation. And that allows you also to explore new avenues of yourself. Totally. Like I've really learned that like in the last probably couple of years is like, I really value my relationships that I've had with people for, you know, 15 years. But then there's also these amazing new relationships that people only know the the current me. And that feels really nice because like, like you said, they don't bring in other, like my past stuff, like all the time. And you need both, right? Sex in the City has always been about the importance of friendship at its core. Yeah. But now to have been able to have these one of the underlying things that I think people have not touched on is the idea and importance of new friends. And that is such a uncharted territory to really like talk about. I think it's not inherently dramatic. So there aren't a ton of shows about like what it's like to make new friends. It's like, <laughs> well, it'd be like, well, why are you writing a show about that? But yeah, in fact, right. I feel like that's all life is, right? Is is hoping you connect with someone. And also to make new friends as an adult is really hard. Well, not for me, but... Uh, <laughs> mostly listen. just because i'm not interested actually right. that's not true well, i'll talk to every blade of grass i'll talk to everything are you kidding as, as all of our listeners who slid into my dms know i'm like happy to chat it up happy to chat if you yeah. catch me at the right time the, the right 90 minutes every day i'm in a good mood mm-hmm. i am happy to talk oh yeah i know <laughs> but I know. any other time i'm like i'm sleeping you're like, I'm in bed. It's 3 p.m. Can't wait to get back. But I just, I thought that scene with Dr. Nye Wallace was very beautiful. 
I know. And I know we just, I know that we talked about it already, but she really is just so beautiful. So and beautiful. I just, Karen like, Pittman, I love to look please at her. come on this podcast. Although to see her little face on my Zoom, I'd die. Imagine if like she showed up and we looked like this today. I would turn my, honestly, I'd turn my camera off. I would, I'd be like, sorry, I'm having technical issues. I would not, I don't want her for us. Like, <laughs> no, I want better for her. Yeah. Like she should actually, Karen, it's, you're fine not coming on the show. I want better for you. Go on everything iconic though. You and Danny should really be palling around, but not, don't come here. <laughs> right. <laughs> we deserve Bitsy. <laughs> We, and we could probably yeah, get her. we deserve Che. Yeah, we deserve Che. I, not 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 Sarah Ramirez. Oh, I'm talking I would Che. Like, Sarah like in I want full che. character as we JBS. deserve Jackie. We deserve Jackie. Who's Jackie? <laughs> the man that got married oh. this episode. I have written here three times. I love Jackie. <laughs> you do. We'll get to it. I'm obsessed. I don't think you understand. I'm obsessed. To quote Nicki Minaj, with Jackie. Ob. You are obsessed with Jackie. And as Brian said, when I remember when Brian was like, you guys don't know who that is. And we were like, no, who the fuck is he? Who is he? He's like a comedian. Bobby is he actually? Lee. Oh, Bobby Lee. That name does sound familiar. Well, he's a cooking show, doesn't he? Isn't that that guy? Oh, that's Bobby Flay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of <laughs> Jesus Bobbies. Jesus Christ. We run, it's very fast and with facts over here. Yo, we, no, we've never known what's going on. This is Fox News. It's fake news. Oh. <laughs> We're fucking Donald Trump over here, just Ugh, shooting off and not making any sense. Oh, God. He would probably have better reviews on his podcast about Sex and City than we do. He absolutely would. I mean, he's been on the set. Yeah. That fucking oh. asshole. Um, yeah. Anyways. Speaking of another asshole, let's talk about Miranda. Yeah. Oh. So she tells Carrie that she's leaving, and we have a full circle moment. We are really just right back in season six, episode splat. The reverse. You're not hearing me. I can do both. It's important for me to be there when you scatter the ashes, but so is being there with Che for their taping. I, 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 I passed up my internship to be there. The one you said was impossible to get? That feels like judgment. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to catch up here, you know? You're throwing a lot of new information at me. Why can't I choose love over an internship? Well, you can. Of course you can. But what are you going to do in L.A. all day? Sit in an audience and laugh? Maybe. Okay, that was a a bit of judgment. Miranda, I have known you for a hundred years. And? Am I not allowed to change a little bit? Or a lot? Or change back again if I feel like it? Do I have to follow my own rigid rules until the day that I die? I never said that. Then why do I feel like I can't go to L.A. without letting you down? If you want to go to L.A., go to L.A. Why do you care what anyone thinks? Because you're not anyone. You're you. It's so mirrored. It's crazy. I I think it's beautifully done to mm-hmm. have Miranda now there. But you know what's interesting, and I will be very fascinated to hear from you, but also the listeners if they want to write to me. In the original airing of the show in season six, I would imagine a majority of the audience were on Carrie's side, that she should go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Now, why can't we use that same level of belief and love for Miranda here? It's just very different. 
It's very different. They're very different I would people argue and they have that, very different no, things going on in their lives. And again, guys, write in. Do people like Che more than Alexander Petrotsky or less? I don't think it has anything to do with the person that they're going for. Okay, you don't. It's not about what you're running to. It's no. just that you're running. For me, and I've really been thinking about this a lot like the last like day, is for years, it has been, we should all be Miranda's. Because Miranda in the first series was like career driven, a feminist. Like she was very like put yourself first, you know, like she was very strong in her beliefs in that way. And I think that that was really underappreciated while it was on. And then when people got to go back and rewatch it and the times have changed, people really respected that. And so to see this woman who like we've built up in our heads do the complete opposite of that. And also she has, it's, Carrie is a writer. Carrie can write from anywhere. Carrie didn't have children. Carrie didn't have a house. Carrie didn't have a husband. Like Miranda has all of these things. Well, she doesn't have a career anymore. She can study remotely. Her child is an adult. And actually it's interesting. Her child is 18. Well, I he's mean, a mess. I know that people say that that's an adult, but like when I was 18, I could barely like tie my shoes. Okay. I think that, and guys, this is fresh off the top of my head because we I watched this episode like three hours ago. Tying her decision and this change in her life from going to, I think, the person who, the kind of analytical, career-driven person to someone who is ultimately and officially working from a more emotional space, which, by the way, was Miranda's trajectory throughout the original series and the first movie, was to rely less on her brain and more on her heart. And that was seen as a positive in the original series and first movie. Having her choose love, and more importantly, choose love over her career, and have that having that tied to Brady. Brady, as an entity, as both a baby, as a spirit, relates to Miranda being tethered to tradition. It was what forced her relationship to with Steve in some ways. It made them, it cemented their relationship in terms of now they ha- we have to keep Steve on the show. And it made him a more viable love interest. And being a mother, to your point, keeps her locked into the lifestyle she built with Steve. By having Brady leave and they're departing this Brooklyn brownstone that was representative of Miranda giving up her old life to be with Steve and be a mother and be a wife, I think is ultimately the completion of her journey of leaving this analytical, career-minded space. And isn't that what the original show wanted her to do? Now, you can argue, no, look, I know a lot of people don't want her to, don't like it with that it's with Che, but I do think that that is ultimately what Miranda has wanted, is to be more, to work from a place of emotion rather than mind. Does that any of that make sense? It does make sense. I just don't necessarily agree. I think this idea that Miranda's like, well, why can't I change? Like, why can't I do this? And I'm like... Well, why can't she? Because she spent... Even when her conversation with Carrie at the table over whether Carrie believes in heaven or not, she's like, I thought we agreed on this. I thought we were the same. It's like, why can't Carrie change? Miranda has this like intense judgmental reaction towards every single person in her life if she doesn't agree with something. So this idea that like everyone's just supposed to like accept that you're like this 
entirely new person is kind of crazy. And I also think she's making a horrible decision. This is a horrible decision. I disagree. A, she doesn't need to be doing an internship. I actually think that the show did the character of Miranda a disservice by not making, by using the word internship. That was kind of weird. Yeah. No, I am not saying the execution of it is perfect. I wouldn't argue that the execution of anything on it just like that was perfect. I think, though, the idea of having her shift to a more romantic, emotional space is in line with the trajectory of what the show has always been trying to get Miranda to do. The point of introducing Steve in the first place, as both the writers and the writers have said, and certainly the way they wrote the original show, was to for her to melt. That they created Steve to be the most doting, perfect person. To, like, soften her. Yeah. And now she's... <laughs> Talk about a warm cookie. She's like an under, she's cookie dough. She's not, she's, yeah. she's not formed she's, yet. She's the butter, the melted butter. Yeah, she needs to be formed. So I think it's like, I don't know. I found there to be something so moving and true about the idea that you can change. But I think to your point that there is still inherently who she is. Like in, I thought that coffee shop scene was really well done. It felt very natural and of the show. And I love that it ends with um, Carrie saying to Charlotte, I love that you're still that girl. I am woo-woo about this stuff. And I do not believe that Big would send a message all the way from heaven that you should never kiss anyone ever again. Do you really think that's what he wants for you? Heaven? Seriously? What, are you saying there's no heaven? Are you saying there is? You think Big is sitting up on a cloud right now puffing away on a cigar? Well, yes. That's exactly what I'd like to think. Since when do you believe in the afterlife? I thought we were on the same page about this. Yes, we were, but in light of recent events, I've changed my vote to undecided. If you can't disprove it, that means it's possible. I can't disprove the existence of the Easter Bunny. Wait, are we undecided about that now, too? Listen, I can think that Big is sitting up there, smoking on a cloud, telling me he's mad at me through a lamp if it makes me feel better. It's just guilt. Get it fixed. The guilt or the lamp? Both. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. The yogurt's for me. So, Che asked me out to dinner with their family this Friday. Ooh, meeting the family. That's a good sign. Things are moving forward. I love that you're still that girl. And to me, it felt like, oh, if this actually was the first episode of Injustice Like That, I think this is what people wanted. Yes. This whole episode to me felt like the show that the internet has wanted, and we waited yes. nine episodes to give it to them, which to I me is, again, I thought the exact same bold. thing. Like, no, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, this feels like an episode of Sex and the City to me. Like, this episode. I was, like, here for it. Next week, we'll be on the... 13th episode of season two. So we've watched about 25 episodes of Sex and the City. And we have been incredibly frustrated with Miranda in the first. So like, I think she is a frustrating character and that, but I think that's what makes her so great. And I just felt like it was such a great episode for Cynthia Nixon. And I loved the reveal of the red hair. I did too. And this return to self as she's taking this new journey on. And I get that. And look, that has been the main source of internet chatter about this show is, is that they don't want these characters to change and how they wrote this to almost speak to the internet before the internet had reacted to the show is to me brilliant. It's like they were so in line with how their audience would feel to have her say, why can't I change? 
And so for her to change and be making this decision that they know audiences will feel is so diametrically opposed to what they want, and yet also take that moment to give her the red hair back, it just excited me to see where Miranda is going to go in our season two, if there is one. Yeah, I guess I, I guess my problem, I guess, like, I, I get it. I get what you're saying 100%. Like, I think she's allowed to change. She's allowed to do anything that she wants. But I really struggle with how tough she is on, on others. Like, for example, when Charlotte was like, why don't you dye your hair? And then she went in this big, long speech and was kind of, like, very harsh about and like, very strong in her stance of, like, I don't have to. Like, I don't have to pretend that I'm – and then she dyes her hair back. And it's like, okay, so then maybe you shouldn't have been so harsh when people brought – it up to you before like maybe you need to chill the fuck out and be i don't know yes but what you are wanting though is for her to be perfect no i know chris that's not the purpose of character <laughs> that's not the purpose of television or care or people i know but i i'm allowed to have my opinion you lead a busy life The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Should we get into Carrie? Yeah. So she's on another date with your man. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was like, your man is back. He's giving Jackson Maine now. Like, didn't you think his voice sounded different? It did sound different. It sounded a lot, like, deeper. Yeah, like, I was rustic. like, he sounds he like... He sounded um, rustic. He sounds like Jackson Maine from A Star is Born. I was like, what's happening yeah. with him? He, it was a little Southern twangy. I was like, not only... I was confused. And then we find out he lived in a brownstone, and I don't know if he, like, owned it, or I was like, then why is he... Is he rich? What's happening? Maybe his wife was rich. And left him no money? <laughs> like, he, well, also, like, I didn't know he had... Ki- I, he has kids. Oh, I think we did know that. I, did we? I thought so. I thought he mentioned them before, but, you know, I black out Maybe when Peter's I, on screen. I know. I'm surprised I don't remember what he said. But the only good thing that came out of this is she calls Seema afterwards, and we get to see Seema, who's been locked in a hotel room for three days, fucking Zed and smoking. I was thrilled. I was like, thank fucking God I needed this fan on my screen again. He's very excited, that actor, to be back on this show. His Instagram is popping. Oh, Poppin'. He's so thrilled. He's like more excited to be there than Sarah Jessica Parker. And he's on Emily in Paris, I guess. I've never seen Emily in Paris. But Is he? I, guess I watched he's the, the first yeah. season. I didn't watch season two. I guess he's in it. And people are like, how do you not know him? I'm like, I've never seen that show. Well, I, I only know. know him as Tony from Gucci or we're at Prada in the first. Yeah, right. I just, I loved the connection between Seema. I love that she's, she's got perfect hair and I love that she's fucking. In that I, sexy outfit. I love her journey that she's like, we we met. She's met this guy. She's smoking, not leaving, mm-hmm. doing having a lot of sex, and is trying to be supportive of Carrie. And I like that Carrie's like, "No, you gotta go." Yeah, Carrie's like, "I don't want to hear this." Because then they start like making out, like while they're on the phone. It felt very like Carrie would do that with Big to her friends, or like when she was on the phone. I think with Miranda and that crazy guy started to go down on her. The jazz guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> so sex the people, ADHD if guy. I would never just like pounce on someone while they were on the phone. I, I would respect their boundaries. Uh, same. It's crazy. I, I never would cross my mind. I'm so glad Peter's gone. Um, me too. This episode made me realize that I'm not a big Peter girl. They didn't like, it was like, I'm glad that she got the kiss out of the way and now we're done. What did you think of him asking? Disgusted. I, you know, it's the one time I liked Peter, my consent came. Oh my God. It's good to ask for consent. You're kissing someone that you're on a date with. I personally would not like to be asked, but I do understand like how that is should be a conversation. What? I could understand why someone would want, particularly I think it's interesting, and I don't know why I'm defending this man I hate, but I think because he's a teacher and connected to like a younger generation, I know that that I could imagine a world in which kids do like who have more, a more, a clearer understanding of boundaries and consent Mm -hmm. that it is important that you ask. Now, personally, for myself, I would not want to be asked. However, I do think that it is a good thing probably to do because you shouldn't just- It's probably a good thing. Yeah, you probably shouldn't just be grabbing people and kissing them. Now, I don't know how to tell someone. No, it's interesting. I don't know how to project my like, hey, just kiss me. (laughs) I think you have like that connection with someone. Like you just do it. Like it's just a natural thing that you both are kind of like body language, everything. They didn't have that natural thing. But we know now, right, like culturally, that that's not what I'm feeling should not is not always what the other person is feeling. And that it's not my I should not be driven by my instinct and that conversation to make sure everything is okay is best. I don't think you want to go down, die on the hill of disagreeing with that. I don't. (laughs) I saw the look in your eyes and I was like, don't. (laughs) No, because I think sometimes there's just like a natural chemistry. We are. I think you should always have consent. But I think when it comes to like a kiss with someone that you're on a date with, I I feel like sometimes there's just that natural chemistry and you just kiss that person if that's what you're feeling. And that is how Sam feels. But everyone is allowed right. to feel how they feel. And consent is good. And Sam, by the way, you are here by your consent. I'm not holding you hostage. No. And I also want to make this very clear. My opinion is like not the word of God. Like, I, it's just my opinion. And that should be made very clear by everyone, because I think a lot of people are like, well, you guys said this on your podcast. It's like, we're just two idiots with mics. It's like, we don't know anything. We're two idiots. It's nine in the morning. I might have coronavirus. Like, (laughs) leave me, like, back the fuck off (laughs) me. Like, if that's just how I feel, it doesn't mean that I think that that should apply in every single situation. And like, no, every, Sam no. and I are open mouths waiting to be kissed, but other people I'm should be I'm an open asked. wound of need. Okay. Like, kiss me. Oh, Jesus. I don't like being asked. No, me either. I agree with you. I think, though, I would probably ask now, but I don't want to be asked. But I also don't want anyone to be in a bad situation. And God knows I'm usually so drunk on dates. I don't know what anyone else is feeling. <laughs> Chris and I did have the conversation the other day. We were like, for two people who hate men, we go on dates all the time. I'm never not on one. Yeah, you're always on a date. You're always on a date. You're always on a walking date, a drinking date, a wine date, a coffee date. Like you're always oh, on a no date. Oh, no coffee dates. Oh, you don't do coffee dates? Just uh-uh. drinking Coffee is a solitary project for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But then Carrie meets with Richard. To discuss where Big should be put there. I don't, that was a wild read of that sentence. <laughs> I was like, uh, 
<laughs> Carrie meets with Richard to discuss where Vic should be put to rest. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened there. I got very excited about Richard for some reason. And then I was like, then well, we are talking about a man's ashes. Then you remembered what we were talking about? It's like they were oh having quite God, a conversation. Oh my God, that was so funny. That was so funny. I uh, wanted to meet for lunch to ask you um, where John is. What? Where's John? He died. <laughs> yes, I know John died. Uh, where are his remains? Oh. oh. <laughs> you just think I had early onset? Well, not so early, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't know. All I knew is that I, I did not want to break that news to you again. Yeah. Hmm. I ask because I never received word uh, of his final resting place. Right. Well, I, I haven't decided where that is yet. I see. Where is he now? Oh, he's on a shelf in my closet. Next to my very best shoes. That would say a lot if, if you knew me better. <laughs> I have written here, Carrie should fuck Richard. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I liked him. Now, until they cut to the back of his head, he seemed to be quite bald. But <laughs> I did laugh when he was like, so Where's where John? is Bit? Where's John? And she was like, oh, no. <laughs> And I was like, are we going to have this heavy, like, moment? And then he was like, no, like, where is he? I thought that would have been hilarious if we hadn't met Richard before at the funeral. And she had, like, forgotten to tell him Big died. Oh, my God. So I could see a world in which Carrie was I like... I was shocked he had a brother. Yeah, but I could see a world in which Carrie, because she's not really connected to family, just kind of was like, oh, fuck, I did... Forgot to tell his... Forgot to tell his brother. I just pictured Big kind of as an only child. I mean, yeah, I didn't see Richard going to the going to church with the mom in season one. Mm-mm, you know, Big was the favorite. But I have also written here under that they should fuck. Richard is a rude maniac. When he oh, started rude. writing out the family plot, and oh, then I he said, "Oh, there's space for you." It's like I don't think that's a nice thing. This woman is in her fifties; she could get another husband and like want to be buried with him. He also is older, so he comes from the generation that I think that if you're a widow, like you're a widow, and getting a divorce. I'm like, sir, you're on your last leg. <laughs> you know, Richard's probably remarried. <laughs> oh, Richard's gonna fuck Seema next season. Honestly, Richard's probably with. Honestly, Samantha. I would love to see it. I would fucking die. I would love that. But I just thought it was so fucking rude to write, to just be like, well, you fucking old bitch. Like, you're gonna, you'll die yeah. alone and then you can be yeah, put in with like, my family plot. It's like, yeah, with yeah. You, you mean the mom who didn't like me, who I met when I was wearing a crazy hat? It's Ugh, when I dropped the Bible. Yeah. Like, ooh. But do you think, though, she should have been so clearly. Richard wants Big's ashes with his family, and he thinks that's nice. Do you think it's Carrie's choice as his wife? I thought it was just, Mm -hmm. and look, right, beautiful for for us watchers at home for him to be thrown off that bridge, which also, like, do you need to get that sanctioned by, like, anyone? Look, if I just walked past and a woman was just throwing ashes, I'd be like, oh. We did that with my grandma. I don't think you have to do that. You don't have to ask. No. Oh. <laughs> you can just throw ashes wherever you want. I don't think Sony did that for little Milu when she threw him over the, the bridge into the Hudson. Every which way. Yeah, I did think of Sonia. And I was like, I hope Big's ashes don't fly back in don't her fly. mouth. Don't <laughs> fly. 
But we weren't playing that scene for comedy. But I just thought it did make me think, like, should that be more of a familial conversation? Because obviously when he talks about somewhere laid to rest, is it is it for him to, like, know where he can visit his brother? Because you can't really yeah. visit the bridge. I no, guess you could visit the no... bridge, but it's not like his ashes stay in the body of water. I think he's now probably down the river. I thought it was normal to, like, split up the ashes. A little bit. Oh, that's nice, actually. Like, be like, here, like, you can have, like, half of them and put them in the yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I just and then felt I'll like there the is something half. to be responsible to, like, your family. family also. Like, His, yeah. 100%. She, and it seemed quite dismissive that it's her decision fully, but I don't, but, yeah. but then I'd never been in that position. Yeah. But then we see Carrie and my new king, Jackie. They're bopping down the street. That was my favorite walk and talk we've seen all season. <laughs> It reminds honestly, it was giving me old Carrie Samantha vibes when they used to walk. Oh, when they ate the apple pie from McDonald's. Yeah. Is Jackie the new Samantha? We did all this. Like, is it LTW? Is it SEMA? It's like, maybe it's Jackie. I like that. I need to see Jackie next season with the gals, just like getting to what's what. I enjoy him in little spurts. I don't need a ton. I just think it's such a fun little energy. I love that he's like, oh my God, I forgot to invite you to my secret wedding. I love a secret wedding. Shout out to the finale, season one finale of Girls. Oh God. But then we have at the wedding, Carrie turns and they played that fucking turn in that promo and they fucked us good because I thought it was going to be Aiden. Everyone thought that. How fucking dare they fuck us like that? You wanted to see Aiden? I thought it'd be a nice place to end. I thought, boom, Aiden, like she turns, she sees Aiden and it's, and just like that. Oh, okay. And we just end with seeing Aiden. He looks good. By the way, was the whole John Corbett was going to be in the show? Like that was released as like a press release. Was it yeah, a lie to throw like us to off fake the us scent? Out. Yes, they always do that shit. I love it. I love. I love that they do that because it kept it me going. Me it kept alive. me going for ten weeks, and I don't even like Aiden. I know, but it was just the idea that we were going to see Aiden and like a maybe like you know. But then we post- fucking turn and see that podcast producer. Now I don't have a name on him. Does he- Franklin? Isn't that man's name is Franklin? It's Franklin. Hey, it's Franklin. Coming over to play. Talk about a name you can't say in bed. Franklin Sheldon. Oh, Franklin. Frankie. Um, um, he wants to give Carrie a podcast, which, look, and I know we're on a podcast currently, but it's like, do we need to hear from everyone? Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Idiots. I mean, we're fucking here. Literal idiots. Two dum-dums. Uh, Franklin is so fucking hot. They have chemistry. He loves her. He, okay, I he does not love it. her. He loves her. You could see it in his eyes. He believes in her. Oh, Jesus. So he pitches this at Jackie. And again, <laughs> I also just want to talk about Jackie's new wife. Don't have a name on her, but stunning. And that yellow. Uh, her name is Storm. Wow, you really got an attention to detail. I haven't dropped down to many of our new characters. Truly, earlier you said Jackie, and I, who? Her name is either Storm or Stone. I think it's Storm. I love her. I thought that yellow gown, beautiful. That yellow gown on her skin just looked gorge. But then we go to Paris. Carrie ends up going alone. This cutout of Chris Noth was choppy. Oh, what did you think of our dream sequences and our mystical, magical lamp? Oh, the lamp. It's not even worth talking about. Sh- I know. I was like, let's not talk about No, I lamp. have heard that, the you know, our loved ones come to us through lights and winged creatures. 
Just throwing that out there. Right. That is a thing. Uh, I would have preferred to see like a bird like tap, tap, tapping at the window or something than this right. lamp. Yeah. It would have reminded me, were they pigeons on the building next to her? Chickens. Roosters. Roosters. Yeah, Big could have represented himself as like a cock. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, come on, guys. Although that is the most problematic episode in the show's history because of, you know, what Samantha's up to in that one. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, We might have to skip that one. (laughs) The cutting out of Chris Noth, I am very curious, like, what it would have been. Because this, it felt a little choppy. They probably had to rush it to, like, fix it. Yes. Um, I actually thought it was fair. I... It wasn't so much him not being there. I felt the whole dreamy sequence flash too quickly and it wasn't emotional enough. I agree. And I wondered if they couldn't, and I couldn't help but wonder, could they have not used just clips of the old show? Yes, maybe not new footage of him. Or was it just like, we don't want to see Chris Noth at all? I don't think they wanted to put him on screen. Or have her in Paris more. It just felt like a little too quick and not the emotional it beat I really like not needed. a big deal. Yes. It didn't really feel like a big deal. It didn't deal. feel big enough to spur her on to this whole thing. No. To like make her remember Paris. And obviously I guess had we seen the new footage they shot of them there, that yeah. would have helped. But I would have maybe just cut the idea of the dream in general and just have her talk about the bridge and what that moment meant, I think would have been a better option. But also they didn't have Sarah Jessica Parker to like go back in and do a full new scene. Yeah. But then she gets to that bridge. And she's in a beautiful orange dress with pink gloves. I thought she looked stunning. I hated what they put his ashes on. Oh, the 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 Eiffel Tower bag. The Eiffel Tower bag she's holding in the first movie when they kiss. I hated that fucking thing. Like it just felt like weird. Like we get it. It's like, like when you we wanted to it. wear an opera ski sweater to, to like go with a friend. It's like we don't need to put a hat on a hat. It's like <laughs> No. That's like if I would have like gone on a date with a French gun wore a beret. Yeah, well, like, I, I could see that coming for you. I almost did. I almost, <laughs> yeah. you know, I thought about it. But I actually thought a better choice option-wise here would have had her wear the milfew gray Louis Vuitton dress here. Like, I wanted to see the dress again, but it, when thinking about it, it would have been so impactful to finally see the dress out in Paris, because we only saw her in it in the hotel room. And it mm-hmm. would have been such an emotional moment. Like, I love the scene in the episode we saw it, but I think it would have been better used right. here. Um, I agree. And then maybe throw her in the Heidi dress at the end of of that other episode. Well, and the dress that she wore was obviously really beautiful, but I think something so, I mean, I don't know the logic behind choosing this. I was honestly like, oh, this is interesting. I couldn't relate it to anything. It felt like it was a beautiful dress, but it felt like a missed opportunity to pull at our heartstrings a bit. Now, where they do pull at our heartstrings is (gasps) she gets that fucking phone out and texts Samantha. Yeah. And they're going to meet for cocktails. And when she type, we get our fabulous, which is like such a word I relate to the first show, but we haven't, they're not talking like that in this one. Yeah. And really fabulous is Samantha's word. Always. And hun. It's also the final word of the original series. I actually thought we weren't going to see much more after that word popped up. I was like, oh, fabulous. Final word of the first series. Final text of this. I loved when she was texting Samantha earlier in the episode and she says it wasn't big and samantha texts back so it wasn't small it did genuinely feel like oh that's something samantha would say i just feel like they're handling 
Is Samantha the best written character on this show and she's not on it? She might be. She (laughs) might be because she's like, it's so familiar. You know, like she's texting exactly how you'd expect her to text. And you know what I love is she's never not right at her phone. She's kind of like you and I, how like there's not like if we're texting, you're going to get an immediate response or like I'm just never going to reply. Yeah, or I'm just, like, dead. Yeah, but it's, like, yeah. you and I text that's, like, fired right back. Or if I if oh, I yeah. don't hear from you, like, one second, I'm, like, she's not replying at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's either a very fast reply or just never. Yeah, it's, like, and I'm the same way. It's, like, if I don't, if yeah. I'm hitting you back immediately or your text yeah. is, I'm just, you're, I'm dead to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was so emotional at the idea. I got more emotional at that than Big. Big's death? <laughs> No, but I the do remember feeling like, yeah, and I also f- remember feeling so emotional when Samantha sent those flowers. Yes, for it his was a funeral. nice bookend like that, to that to moment. Me, I was like, right, I liked that, and I love that Samantha's still alive in the world. And yeah, Chem Control's never coming back, but I think they've done su- they've given such care to the character and to the audience who misses her. And honestly, if she just appears in text, I might be fine with that. Yeah, I agree. But then. We get some music going, and we go into Carrie getting her own podcast. Called Sex in the City. I was so fucking emotional. Oh, same. I was sobbing. (laughs) When she's talking about how you need one to two friends to get through things, and love is... I was just like, this is like a beautiful ending to this weird, crazy show. No, no, I wish I did. But the more I live, the more I find myself mystified. So much of life just just doesn't seem to make sense. But if there is anything I've learned from my recent loss, it's that you will laugh again. Especially, especially if you have one or two good friends in your corner. And as for love, well, anything's possible. The future's unwritten thank you that really helps oh good good i'm glad well that's it for my very first podcast i'll get better so till next time i'm carrie bradshaw and this is sex in the city I know. I what I thought the whole time. I was like, "Where has this been?" Well, the this last is what we want. Weeks, right? <laughs> and like, I applaud and just like that for not. This? It's like this is gonna sound. It's like a cock tease. It's like nine yes. episodes of teasing of like you ain't getting what you want, bitches, and then finally yeah. they just shoved it in, and it felt so yeah. good. It felt so good, and then. But I just want to, before we get to the very end, I want to oh, talk okay. about Carrie as a podcaster versus a writer. Because obviously Carrie's a very good writer. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. I do think we should not conflate the idea of being a good podcaster with being a good writer. Like, just because she can write a beautiful sentence about love and dating and sex and relationships doesn't mean off the cuff she... (laughs) Like, the process of writing isn't a stream of consciousness type, type, typing away and the sentence comes out perfect. It's a struggle. Yeah. It's a back and forth. And I think we've seen that to some extent on the show as she writes the column throughout the week. And this conflates the two as if Carrie's just always thinking in this poetic way. And writing is just different than 
reacting. Now, having said that, I want her to give a beautiful monologue at the end, and I was very pleased, and I thought Sarah Jessica Parker acted it. And to make me so emotional at the choppy writing of naming the podcast Sex in the City, I was like, I don't give a uh-huh. shit. To see her yeah. look directly in camera and say, I'm Carrie Bradshaw, and this is Sex in the City. I was like, it's all been worth it. Tears. 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 And to what you were saying about her being a good podcaster versus being a good writer, I think if she was doing a podcast like this, maybe not. But I think when people call in for advice, I think it's easier for her to like talk about that stuff. Yeah. But I really, I really love that they did that whole ending and the monologue. Like I really have missed her monologues. Um, And what a great way for us to get to it, right? It's a little different. And I should also say, I love the idea of it being, as you said, a call in, because in some Mm -hmm. ways, isn't that what the original show was? We all watching it and wanting Carrie's advice. It felt like very a nod to us as the audience connecting to Carrie and her experiencing our love lives through the lens of her and how we relate to her. I was like, this is honestly so beautiful. I'm like, season two, bitch. Like, let's go. Let's fucking go. Get Carrie in the studio. Then we get in the elevator and Carrie and Franklin with no consent. (laughs) No consent was needed in this situation. Go at it. They're kissing. It's hot. And we hear just... And just like that. Ugh. Chills. I had the chills. fucking chills. I, <laughs> I did. I was like. No, I no. Was like, I was freaking out. I was Lisa Bala. I, I was on that Salt Lake City Sprinter van. I was. I know. Dying. So good. Loved it. Loved it. Now, I don't want Franklin to be her love interest for all of season two. I like Franklin is like a quick fuck. And then we need to establish, we need to get like a real actor in there for Sarah Jessica Parker, like someone with some gravitas. Oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't care what we do with, I just want more. Right. And all. I love that, right. We end on the light, fun tone that we want. The sex. They fucked mm-hmm. in that elevator. They they, she did the fuck you, the fuck you to fuck me in that elevator. Oh my God, Chris, you can't even talk about that. You know scene, what I'm talking that about? Because that gets me, that gets me wound up. So I was gonna say finale talk. Do we want to? Do we want more? And I think we yeah, all agree. I think we've we come do. To that conclusion. And also, I think I don't think in season two we would get any Brady because he'll be away at school. No, Brady's dead to us. I think we've been a do to a few characters, and let's be honest, I'm not sure Che Diaz is joining us. I don't think so. In season two, I would, I think Che might join us for an episode to close it out. Yeah, I bet Che and Miranda break up. Do you think we see Steve in season two? Um, an episode. No. I I hope that we get like less Steve, less Che, more Doctor Nia Wallace, more LTW, like th- those more Sema. I do have to laugh though briefly about when we went on live and people had me say Doctor Nia Wallace. Yeah. Say it. Dr. Nia Wallace. I was like, I, guys, I don't say it in any kind of it, fun you, way. <laughs> yeah, but you, there's a way that you say it. For I sure. love her so much. I know. Dr. Nia Wallace. But, oh, queen. Before we get into kind of wrapping it up, I do just want, have you watched yeah. any of the documentary yet? I haven't yet. I got through about 45 minutes of it. It's great. Very it's fun. fun. Sarah Jessica what Parker. You, do you want to talk about what you've learned? Sarah Jessica Parker remembers nothing of the show. She's literally walking up to her. people and is like, Steve, <laughs> David, did we ever have any scenes together? He's like, yeah, remember we were on the stoop? And she was like, yeah, what were we talking about? 
But Sarah Jessica Parker, she has no memory for the plots, but at one point they're going through the closet and she has such an emotional memory of, oh, I wore that coat when we were in Paris. I put freckles on my face when I was wearing that. It's like there's just something different in her mind. You get to see how she works. Like she's very tactile in the sense that she's needs the closet to be messy and bags over here. It's a little like she's store. an actor. Yeah. Like she, it, it was just so fun to watch her process. Like, yeah, I love that. And Oh, originally Miranda was going to fall in love with Dr. Nia Wallace. Oh, the original story with those two characters would be, they were both going to be straight women discovering this new side of themselves together. Oh God, the internet's going to have a field day with that. And frankly, I would not be unhappy if that's what we watched in season two. I wouldn't either. That's what I'm saying. I feel like people are going to be like, what the fuck? Why did we get Che? But I cannot wait to get back to the documentary. I'm going to finish it after we wrap up here. Oh, I can't wait. What did you think of the fashion in this one? I thought they, I thought the girls all look great, but I got to give it to LTW as my favorite look. Oh, definitely LTW. LTW, and honestly, I know this is going to sound really lame, but I really liked Seema just how beautiful she looked in her little lingerie outfit. She looked stunning. That hair, she might have the second best hair in Hollywood after, of course. The hair. That's what I mean. I was like, it's so bouncy and beautiful. Do you think we could get Sandra O in season two? Why? I, I just like to see you. Her. Just let's like start, Sandra. Let's get, let's get her with the girls. I would like to see her and Miranda together. Yeah, and she was a lesbian yeah. already with a redhead and under the Tuscan sun. That is true. Who you giving it to in terms of men? I'm going with an unconventional choice. Oh, you're gonna I know Jackie. <laughs> my man is my man. <laughs> love stand. love him. I can't stand you. Um, I know who your ass is going with. Franklin. No, actually. Oh my god, are you going with Richard? I'm going with Harry. (laughs) He was really funny. Because he made me laugh. And I feel like Harry would be a good time. He well, we know he's well endowed. Yeah, what would you give this episode out of ten? A nine. Same. I'm at a nine. Loved it. I love that we ended on a high note. It didn't give me the feels of episode five where Carrie pissed the bed because that was just iconic, but This is a great episode, made me excited for more. Um, yeah. Overall, I think I would give in just like that as an experience, a seven. Wow. Okay. Of all 10 episodes, I would watch them all. Look, well, I'm not sure if I'd float through all of them. I'd definitely hit the first two, pop to five, then maybe mm. just 10. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, there were some real highs and some real lows. No, that's true. Because you know what? Within just like that, you can't skip anything. Because an episode will have the like highest high and then just another story that's like, what's happening over there? Yeah. Like, I, like for example, the Charlotte and the period. I was like, what are we watching right now? But then we did get the sexual chemistry between David and... What is it? Who's David? You keep calling him David. I have uh, a respect Steve. for Mr. Eigenberg. <laughs> You really do. Like, you always call him David Eigenberg. I feel that just this documentary has thrown me for a loop. It's like I'm with them in the real world now. Yeah. It kind of confused you, maybe. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been such a fun experience. I feel like so many people have found the show through and just like that. Yeah. And we have new listeners, and we hope you'll stay with us as we go back to season two. It's going to be wild to like. It's going to be real weird to go back. To go back with all the knowledge we have now. I mean, by the way, talking about Miranda and Steve now, knowing in a post and just like that world is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week as we get back to season two with my favorite episode of the show, La Dolores Squeeze. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at CLewis1219 on Instagram. Where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram, and I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. All right. And as Demi Lovato would say, stream The Lost Daughter. Oh. Oh, God. Bye. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat when we set in sail, Captain. <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.